won't you say amen? Amen. The Lord's good to us, isn't he? Amen. I remember years ago when the song was first written with Don Johnson Memphis. Tennessee wrote the song. God is, has, uh, I can't complain. God is so good to me, I can't complain. That's been many, many years ago, but uh, that's how I feel tonight. Amen. God has been good to me. And he is a good God. All the time. All the time he's a good God. Amen. So I appreciate his help, his love, his blessings. Got a good report from home. They had a little girl receive the Holy Ghost today. We thank the Lord for that. And um, she's uh, one of our new converts. She's at least one of our new converts. And uh, my wife said the little girl, you know, she wasn't raised around the church. She's only nine years old. But uh, she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost today and got drunk on the Spirit. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Amen. She'll never forget this day. I'll tell you for sure. She'll never forget it. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, you'll never forget it either. What a wonderful, wonderful privilege. Amen. To receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to thank this church for your response to the word of the Lord. That's so very, very important. Very, very important. And uh, sometimes respond appropriately to the Word of God. And a proper response brings the favor and the blessings of God. And the wrong response will bring God's disfavor. And I don't want that. I want the blessings of God in my life. Amen. So I want to direct your attention tonight to the book of James chapter 4. book of James chapter 4. I want to say thank you again to Pastor Regan to his hardworking, precious wife, amen, who served us a delicious meal today, which I enjoyed and I appreciate very much. And uh, I know the effort that goes into things like this, and I don't take it for granted. I don't, uh, I don't uh, take it lightly. I know, I know what a great chore it is, and I appreciate it very, very much. Amen. Everybody say hallelujah. Beginning in verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you have not because you ask not. Now this is a strange passage of scripture. I, I've struggled with understanding this at times because it goes into all these negative things. You're having wars and you're fighting amongst yourselves. And uh, where did it come from? It's the lust that's in the members in your body, your heart. You lust and you have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight more. Well, that's, that's a lot of commotion and he said, yet you have not because you asked not. You know, the Bible is, is really, really unique in as much as what God is talking about one particular subject. Sometimes he will drop a, a, a nugget of gold right in the middle of it. Something that 
to a certain extent doesn't seem to hardly fit in the context of what's being said. But if you can mine out that gold and you can get a hold of it, sometimes it'll be one of the most wonderful things that God will ever show you in the Word of God. Right here in, in the middle of this, we'll come back to it in just a minute. Let's go to verse 3. It says, You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. It's talking about the frustrations and the efforts, the extreme efforts that we go to sometimes to get what we need, and yet we are frustrated, we fall short, we're just not ever able to quite grasp it and get a hold of it. But right in the middle of it, the key, Receiving what you need from God is given unto us. It's so simple, we run right past it. But James said, you have not because you ask not. So tonight, I want to preach to you on this subject, the power of asking. The power of asking. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost when I announce my title right there. Amen. I believe God wants to do something in this place tonight. Somebody's going to get a hold of this. You're going to ask God for something, and he's going to give it to you. Amen. I said he's going to give it to you. Praise God. There's power in asking in the name of Jesus and according to the will of God. Praise God. Lift your hands and let's thank God for his promise. Thank you, Lord, for your promises. You promised to supply our needs. You promised to heal. You promised to deliver. You promised to give the Holy Ghost. You promised to heal. God, I'm asking you, believe you to do the work tonight. You know every need. You know every circumstance, every situation. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you. Please be seated. question tonight, and just a little bit here, I need you to, instead of me doing all the thinking for you, I want you to think with me. I remember in elementary school, I had a teacher probably about the first or second or third grade, I don't remember sure which grade it was, but she used to say, all right, now let's everybody take out our little hats and put our thinking hats on. She'd make us do that. And then, so I want everybody to take out your little thinking hat and put it on here. I want you to think for a little bit. I don't want to, I don't want any explosions. I don't want anybody's head to blow up. I don't want anything drastic to happen. Amen. I don't want anybody to get overheated or stressed out. Amen. But I want us to think just for a little bit. You know, you don't have to turn your mind off when you come to church. God gave you a brain to use, so let's use it. I want to ask you this question. How many of you believe that God knows tonight what you need before you even tell him? You believe that? Come on, wave your hand if you believe that. You believe God knows what you need tonight before you ever ask him. That's biblical because the Bible says, Jesus speaking, Matthew 6 and 8, he said, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what you have need of before you ask him. So give yourself an A. Amen. You answered right. God knows what we need. He knows what we want even before 
question I want to ask you is this. Is it reasonable? Is it right? Is it proper for us to expect God to supply our needs? Is anything wrong with that? Amen. He is our Heavenly Father, right? You know, it's just as right and reasonable for us to expect God to supply our needs as it is for a child to expect their father to feed them, clothe them, give them a place to live, protect them, watch over them. It's just, that's why God has always pictured himself or presented himself as our father, our father, because he intends to take care of his children. And so... It's, it's reasonable, it's, it's proper, it's right, it's pleasing unto God for us to expect Him and to believe that He is going to take care of us. He will provide our needs. In fact, His ability to provide your needs is far greater than your ability to ask Him. He can do more than you can ask Him to do. In Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I love that verse of scripture. I can't, I can't ever quote it or read it or look at it and just go on past it. I, it's just too good. I just got to stop and, and, and uh, lick on it a little bit and uh, bite a little chunk off and taste of it. I just can't run past that one and, and, and leave it. I just hang it out there. But I, want to, I want us to look at this. To me, what I see here, uh, Paul writing on the inspiration of the Holy Ghost about the goodness of the Lord and the ability of God, and, and I kind of think it come along like this. He's, he's thinking and he's writing it down, the things that God's inspired to his heart, and, and he puts down on paper now to him that's able to do above all that we ask or think. And he said, that's not strong enough. That doesn't express. Not all, God's able to do uh, all that we ask or think, but he's able to do above all that we're able to ask or think. And then he looked at that a little bit. He said, that still didn't get it. So he backed up and he said, now to him, that's able to do abundantly above all that we can ask or think. You know, well, I can do a bunch of asking. Just let me get started. But he said, above all, you can ask or think. Can't even think of everything God can do. So now we get, this thing's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Now him that's able to do abundantly above all we can ask or think. And he said, let me try one more time. And now we read now unto him that's able to do exceeding, abundantly, above. My, 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 are you beginning to understand what he's saying about the ability of God? I have not seen, ear hath not heard. Neither hath it entered into the hearts of men the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. My, 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 you got a need tonight. It may seem so impossible to you. It may seem so big to you, but it's nothing to God. Because he's able to do all that you ask. He's able. 
able to do all that you ask or think that he can do. He's able to do above all that you ask or think that he can do. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. The power of God that's in you, working in you tonight, enables us to receive everything that we need from God that God has promised to us. And everybody say, praise the Lord. So the question is this. If God knows what we need before we ask Him, and if God's ability is so powerful, so great, so mighty, that He can do everything we can ask or, that's important. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're capable of thinking. He knows what you could think that you've never thought yet. And so if he knows what I have need of, and he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or even think, why is it necessary for me to ask? Because James said you have not because you ask not. When I read this, there's some pretty extreme things that people have done to get what they want. And God simply said, when you've done everything you can do, and you get way out there, off the deep end somewhere, and you still don't get it, he said, I want you to realize the reason why you haven't received it is because you're trying to do it. You're trying to make it happen. You're trying to force the issue. You're trying to get what you want by your own strength, by your own might, by your own power. But God said, if you just simply ask, I'd do it for you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, there's a lot of good things that my mom and dad did for me when I was growing up. Good things they did for me on a routine basis. Amen. I... I can remember with great with great fondness, amen, the, the way that mom took care of her seven children. And uh, and what a what a hardworking woman she was and what a what a, a Christian she was, what a prayer word. And so many, many good things I could say about my mom who's been gone for twenty years now. This past month was the twentieth anniversary of her death and and uh, had a great mom, a good mom, a godly mom, I thank God. But, but there were some things that if I wanted it, I might have it if I would ask for it. Amen. She took care of all my necessary needs. My laundry was done. Food was cooked. Other things she did for us. But then, you know, sometimes there's some, something special that you want. Maybe a birthday's coming around. And uh, I'm fixing to date myself. And only a few of you are going to know what I'm talking about tonight. But how many of you? Amen. Remember your mama, or maybe you did it. If you did, you really dated her. Saving SNH green stamps. You remember that? Oh, God bless you. <laughs> Welcome into the senior division. <laughs> SNH green stamps. Oh, you could get them at the grocery store when you bought groceries. They'd give you these little stick on stamps. I loved it when mom did that. Tell you, when she went to the grocery store and bought groceries, she got sheets of S and H green stamps. 
his daddy worked for the post office. He got paid twice a month, and, uh, or every two weeks, I guess it was. Maybe maybe it wasn't exactly twice a month. I averaged out maybe a little bit more than twice a month. But every two weeks, daddy got paid. And uh, we only have one car. Daddy used that to go to work. It didn't matter if we'd had two. Mom didn't ever learn how to drive. And she was really, really uh, the poster girl for a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> Anyway, uh, she'd buy groceries to last our family for two weeks. And there wasn't no running out the store to get milk. Oh, I forgot milk. Oh, I need to go get some lettuce. I was going to make salad. I don't have any lettuce. Oh, I need this. Or no, 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 no. She had to think and remember everything. And I don't even remember her making out a list. She did it from memory. And we would go to Safeway grocery store, not too far from the house. And she would literally pile two baskets as full as she could get them of groceries. And then she got those sheets of SNH green stamps that you save. And when you fill a book up, that book had value, had pages in it. And you put those, and you know how kids are. They love to lick and stick. And so we'd fight over who got to put the green stamps in the book. But I remember one time I wanted I wanted a fishing reel so badly, and there just wasn't that much extra money to be spent. And uh, and I told Mama what I'd like to have for my birthday is a fishing reel. And to my utter amazement, when my birthday came, I had a fishing reel. It was a Shakespeare. It was all shiny and chrome, and it was about so big around, and it was in the box. And uh, I still have that reel. And uh, never, you know, it, it was one of them open face, wind-up type, and, and uh, I never did get very good at using it because, not that one, because that one just didn't want to sophisticated. It's an antique now. You understand that, don't you? Now it's worth something. But you know how my mom got it for me? With her S and H green stamps that she had been saving, and she took those. Oh my, my! What a what a memorable birthday when I got that fishing reel, and I got a little rod that it fit on, a little fiberglass rod, and boy, I was the happiest, most proudest kid on the block. Amen. And so it was. Some things we just got, but things that we wanted. If we wanted to get a chance of having it, we're going to have to ask for it. And if Mama could, she would. But many, many times she could not because her finances and her ability was limited. But she made it stretch as far as she could. Amen. But our God daily loadeth us with benefits. There's things that he gives to me every day. I don't even ask about it. It just happens. It's the Father's good pleasure to give to us the kingdom. Amen. He gives us life and breath and all things. Amen. He puts food on your table. He puts a roof over your head. He puts clothes on your back. He protects you. He goes with you. He watches over you. He cares for you. Amen. I don't have any complaints. My God. 
God does a pretty good job of taking care of me. Amen. He treats me a whole lot better than I deserve. Is that how you feel about it tonight? Amen. But you know, there's some things that God doesn't give to us. Because if he gave us everything we needed, and we never had to ask, and we never had to believe, and we never had to wait with patience, we would become so spoiled, it would be pathetic. Amen. We'd become so carnal, amen, that we'd probably lose out with God. And there are some things that God and his wisdom said, amen, I'm going to promise it to you. You can have it, but you're not going to get it until you ask for it. Amen. You've got to have enough faith and desire to ask for it. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, and so, why? Why does God want us to ask? I think asking is a major component of faith. Let me explain to you why I believe that. Number one, when you ask for something or someone, you're making a strong statement about that person. A strong, positive statement about that person. Amen. Here's what I mean. One of the reasons why the Lord wants you to ask is because asking acknowledges that you have a need. It's good for us to realize that we have some needs. It's good for us to reach the point that we're willing, amen, to approach God to prayer and ask him to meet a specific need that we have in our life. We need to acknowledge it's good for us. It's good for our pride sometimes. Amen. Another thing why God wants us to ask is asking, just just by asking, you are admitting that I do not have the ability on my own to take care of this. I can't do this on my own. Amen. So asking, amen, acknowledges that you have a need. Number two, it's an acknowledgement that you're not able to do it on your own. How many of you can see this is good for your pride? Why do some people not ask? Because they're too proud. I'm like this. I'll do about anything for anybody I can if they ask me. But I don't like to ask them to do something for me. It goes against my nature. It's kind of, I don't know, just raised independence. You know, you take care of yourself and you look out for yourself and then you help everybody else you can. And, and sometimes that independence carries over into the things of God. Amen. Sometimes it's just hard to acknowledge I have a need that I can't take care of. And, and, and that, that, here it is, God. You, you, know, you know I need it. If God wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. How many has ever said that? You know what? You're wrong. I was wrong when I said it. You're wrong when you say it. Amen. Because that's contrary to the plan, the program that God has initiated. Amen. So asking acknowledges that you have a need. Asking is it an omission that you can't do it yourself. But I'll tell you, this gets better. When you ask someone, especially when you're asking God, even if you're asking an individual, by asking, you, you, are, you are stating that you believe 
that that one has the ability to provide your needs. There's no need to ask if somebody that doesn't have the ability. Somebody come to me one time and said, Pastor, I'm in a bind. I need to borrow a hundred dollars. And I knew they were a dubious risk. Let me tell you what I did. You know, I'm here to help the pastor. Some things I just for his ears only. But 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 they said, Pastor, I need to borrow a hundred dollars. And I said, Well, I'm sorry, but I don't have a hundred dollars to loan you. But I sure appreciate the compliment. <laughs> in other words, what we used to say back in Oklahoma when I was a kid. Good old country lingo, you have barked up the wrong tree. Amen. This tree, you can shake it all day, and there's no $100 bills going to fall out of it. But apparently, they thought I had the ability to loan them $100. Now, there have been times when I had the $100. So they were right on that count. I had $100 and they wanted to borrow they got it half right I was able but there's one more aspect of this I was not willing because you know, some people to give them a loan you might as well just kiss it goodbye give it to them you don't get it back you're better off to say well hey here I'll loan you ten Because they're not going to pay that back, but they're not come back and ask you for the ninety because they haven't paid the ten back yet. So you're ninety bucks ahead. Amen. You know, one time I was building a church, and brother in the church and I we worked hard all day long, hanging drywall. It's five eighths, fire code, heavy. You know, it was the big, I think it was hanging 12s. And uh, and then that's that's hard work. Me and him struggle all day long hanging it. Oh, man, we worked and worked and worked and worked. Finally, the evening, some of the men got off work. A man, a member of my church, and uh, his family, all they did, you know, forever was hang drywall. I accused them of, of, the, of the, when they were born, the first, the first dirty diaper that uh, they had when they took it off. It had chunks of drywall in it. And, uh, it was just it was just in their DNA. It was in the drywall. And uh, he came in and brother, in about an hour and a half he hung more drywall than me and brother Short did all day long struggling and working ourselves to death. And brother Short was amazed and he said, Brother Bundy he said how do you hang so much drywall so quick? He turned and looked at him with just disdain. He said, the first thing about hanging drywall is you've got to be smarter than the drywall. <laughs> it's 
till you learn something tonight, didn't you? Amen. That's the thing about working concrete. Brother J.D., you got to be smarter than the concrete. You probably hired guys that weren't. Dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> but anyway, I'm referring to giving them 10 instead of 100. You've got to be smarter than the drywall. Okay, just make sure we connect to the dots here. I'm going to go somewhere with this here in just a little bit. Amen. The second component is you pick out somebody that has the ability. Amen. Someone that's prosperous. And you ask them, would you please do this for me? And they may or may not do it. There's people in this world today that can pay off the collective debt of everyone here. Everything that we all owe collectively and not even miss it. They got more money coming in every hour of their life, day and night, than what all of us owe collectively. Well, I don't believe that. Well, just do the math, people. When people are billionaires and multi-billionaires, do you realize how much money that is? Do you do you realize that, that, that to be a billionaire, you've got to have millions coming in every week? Many millions? Takes a long time to accumulate a billion dollars. And we put all of our debt together, it might be a few million. And they can pay our debts and not miss it. Amen. Now, some of you people I don't know here tonight is one of you, Bill Gates, if you would raise your hand. Let's see what you're putting off for tonight. Yeah. I would like for him to come by and pay his tithe, and you just give him the tithe off the tithe. You'll do it. All right, I'm going to bleed with you. Let's agree. <laughs> I'm in a silly mood tonight, but I feel good because we're going somewhere. I believe God's going to help us tonight. Sometimes sometimes we need to slow down and get a hold of some things. Because I'm bringing to you a principle from the Word of God. If you get a hold of this, it's going to bless you and help you the rest of your walk with God. I'm talking to you about the power of asking. Asking. So there's two components to faith. You must believe that God is able. You also must believe that God is willing. See, some people believe God can do anything, and they believe he'll do it for other people. They believe he has done it for other people. They have trouble believing he'll do it for them. But he that cometh to God, Hebrews 11 and 6, must believe that he is. He is what? He is who he said he was. He is what? He's able to do what he said he can do. He is who he said he was. He has all power. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He knows everything. Amen. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. We believe that. But the second part of it is not only he that comes to God must believe that he is, but we must also believe that he is able. Amen. Amen. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Not only 
he's willing to do it. He desires to do it. Amen. Just give him an opportunity, and he'll prove to you that he's able. He'll prove to you that he's willing. Praise God. No story told. I remember from a childhood, this fellow was driving uh, at night, way out in a dark, lonely place. Very few houses did he pass. Just an old country road. Just an old gravel road. Way up in the night, trying to get somewhere, and he and he had his flat. He said, oh no! So he stopped his car and he got out. Opened up the trunk. He had a spare tire, but he got to digging around. And some time, some place or another, he'd used the jack and forgot to put it back in there. That's a terrible predicament to be in, in the middle of the night, way out in the middle of the country. No cell phones. Hey Amen. This is back when it was a crank phone. That made you crank it. Anyway, so. The middle of the night, what's he going to do? He finally begins to walk. And he walked for a good distance, and he saw a light up ahead. And his heart quickened. Oh, that's a, probably a farmhouse. And he gets to thinking about barring a jack. I'm sure if he's a farmer, he's got a jack, you know. They have to jack up all kinds of things. I'll borrow his jack and, and get this tire changed, and I'll be on the road. I'll bring it back. And... And so as he starts getting closer and closer to the light, sure enough, he can tell as he gets closer, it's a farm. And he gets thinking, it's 2 a.m. in the morning. And that farmer's probably got a mean old dog outside. And he probably did. And he's probably been working hard all day long. And he's asleep. He's tired. And he's not going to appreciate me uh, waking him up. He just keeps thinking along that line, and the closer he gets to it, the more negative he gets about it. And he thinks, you know, when I wake him up, he's going to come outside with his shotgun. He's going to tell me to get out of here before he fills the seat of my britches with lead. And he just got to think. He started getting mad at the farmer. Finally, he got up to the house. He just hollered out. He said, just keep your old jack. (laughs) I think sometimes our attitude when we approach God, amen, we just get ourselves in the wrong frame of mind, amen, so much doubt and fear and unbelief begins to eat on us that by the time that we get ready to ask him, we just don't have very much faith. Amen. But I'm telling you tonight that faith, uh, amen, faith believes that God is able and that God is willing. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. You see, you just don't ask someone for something if you don't think he has it. He has the ability and the willingness to comply with your request. Can you stand another corny story? I can tell this is the only thing some of you are understanding, so I'm trying to help everybody here tonight. And there was there was two guys, two men. They they've been friends since childhood. 
day they was walking somewhere. One of them's name was Frank, and one was Sam. And Frank said to Sam, he said, Sam, we've been friends for many, many years. He said, that's right, that's right, Sam. Man, we've been friends since we was born. I don't, all my life, I, we've been friends ever since I can remember. And he said, we've done a lot of things together, Frank. And Frank said, that's right, Sam, we sure have. And he said, you know, we, we, we kind of look out for one another. That's right, we do. And, and uh, we help one another out. And we, yes, yes, and we share one another. He said, yeah, he said, he said, you know, Sam, he said, he said, we're such good friends that if you had two horses, would you give me one of them? Why, sure, Sam. We're good friends, man. You know, if I had two horses, you could have one of them. He said, I thought so. Thank you. And he said, now, now Frank, he said, you're such a good friend. If you had two cows, would you give me one of the cows? He said, sure, Sam. Just, just ask me for it and I'll give it to you. Not a problem. He said, now, Frank, we've been really good friends. Said if you had two hogs, would you give me one of them? He said, hold it just a minute. He said, you know I got two hogs. Friends to the end. This is the end. But I'm telling you, when we come to God, we have to come with expectation. Settle in your mind tonight. That there's nothing too hard for God. Angel of the Lord said to Abraham, about this time, I'm alive. I'm going to return. You're going to have a son. Sarah's standing in the door of the tent. She heard it, and she began to laugh. And God said, why did you laugh? She said, I didn't laugh. Oh, yes, you laughed. And then he turned to Abraham. He said, hey, I'll ask you something. Is anything too hard for God? We need to settle in our mind tonight that there's nothing too hard for God. There's not anything that's even difficult for God. It's, it's big in your mind. It's difficult. It's impossible for you. Amen. But now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. That's nothing too hard for our God. Have you got any rivers you think are impossible? You've got any mountains you can't pull or through where God specializes. And things not impossible will do for you what no one else will do. Hallelujah, I'm preaching you tonight about a God without limitation. A God that loves you. A God that has committed himself to take care of you. A God who has never let anybody down. A God who has never failed. A God who has a 100% record of consistency and faithfulness. And he's promised to take care of us. He's promised to take care of us. Mark, the fifth chapter, tenth chapter, rather. Jesus comes up to a blind man that's crying out for help. And, you know, I don't know if you, when I read something in the Bible, I want to understand it. Sometimes I say, now, why did he say that? I know there's a reason for it, but why? And here's this blind man. Strapped up. Here he is. I'm not making fun. It's just, it's obvious when somebody's blind. 
church in focus right now. Yeah, yeah. And the Lord said to this blind man who came for help, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Did he know what he had need of before he asked or thought it? Yes, he did. Did he know what the blind man was there for? Certainly he knew what he was there for. He was, was God willing? Yes, he proved he was willing. But before he did it, he wanted to hear this man say, Lord, I want you to give me back my sight. Because when he made that statement, there's some faith. And the way that you receive the promises of God is your faith. Amen. has to be mixed with the word. And you take a hold of the promise by faith. Amen. Faith releases God to do what he said he would do. Amen. This thing operates on the principle of faith. And when the man said, Lord, that I might receive my sight, Jesus said, all right, I'm going to heal you. Amen. You have asked. And now, now, now I can do it for you. Let's give the Lord some praise together right now. Thank you, Jesus. up pretty quick here. I've got several scriptures I want to bring your attention as I begin to move toward a conclusion. And I want to make this statement, God's promises are only available to those that ask of Him. Are you with me? What am I preaching about tonight? The power of asking. You still with me? I don't want to lose you before I get through. Amen, because God wants to fulfill and God wants to confirm his word in this place tonight. I don't want you to forget all the way through here. We're talking about the power of asking. Praise God. Back to our scripture text. Yet you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. I think I want to ask God for some things here tonight before we leave. Amen. I got in a good spirit of prayer early this morning. And I began to ask God for some things. I believe God's going to do it. I believe he heard my prayer. Amen. I believe he's going to give it to me because I ask in faith according to his will. Praise God. Jesus said in Matthew 21, 22, And all things, everybody say all things. Everybody say everything. All things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall do what? Ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive it. What do you need from God tonight? It's included in all things. All things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. In the book of John, Apostle John records the words of Jesus, verse 13. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. My, 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 it's starting to get a hold of me. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. I want to ask the Lord something here just a little bit in his name. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 14, if you shall ask 
do it. Again in John 15, in verse 7, we read, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Living for God, praise. Living a holy, righteous, godly life. Amen. Just a confidence. Amen. If you abide in him and his words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. Amen. And it shall be done unto you. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Verse John 3 and verse 22. Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Oh, hallelujah, God's looking upon you, amen, with favor tonight because you're serving him. You're faithful. You're attending to the things of God. You're walking in holiness. You're not perfect, but you're trying, amen. And when you mess up, you, you get it settled, you get it right, and you try harder. Amen, you learn from your mistakes, you're moving on, you're growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he said, hey, amen, this is a confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, 1 John 5, 14, he heareth us. So I want to conclude tonight by helping you understand that God will only give to you that which you have enough faith to ask Him for. Come on, be honest with me. There's been times you didn't ask Him for your healing because you didn't have enough faith that He was going to do it. And guess what? He knew you were sick. Yeah, He did. He knew how badly you felt, He knew how much you were hurting. And you went to bed hurt, and you woke up hurting, and he could have healed you, and you didn't even ask him, right? You ask your wife, go get the hot water bottle, except nobody uses those anymore. Heating pad, some little deal you throw in the microwave and zap it for one minute, put that on there. Get the massager out. Besides that old sore muscle. My granddaughter just turned five a couple weeks ago. She tickles me to death sometimes, then she comes out with. She woke up one night, she, I don't know what she did, but I guess she overdid it and her legs were cramping really, really bad. She woke up during the night several times and, and her mom told her it was a Charlie horse. And so she was telling my wife about it. She said, she said, Nana, she said, last night. I had horse cramps. <laughs> horse cramps. Put the liniment on it, rub it, put some heat on it, massage it. Amen. But we have not because we ask not. So God will only give you what you have enough faith to ask. So we see here in the word of the Lord. Amen. If we ask according to his will. What is his will? This is one where the devil messes us up. This is where sometimes the, the process of going, oh, real, real good. And then you remember it said, according to his will. And the devil says, how do you know that's the will of God? Well, well, okay. What is the will of God? It's declared in his word. Now listen to me. I don't have time to give you all the scriptures. 
But it's not his will that any should perish, but all would come to repentance. It's the will of God for people to be saved. So anytime you're asking for God to forgive you, anytime you're asking God to save you, you're asking according to his will. He wants everyone to be saved. Everyone to be saved. So when you're praying for deliverance, when you're praying for the Holy Ghost, when you're praying for forgiveness, you're praying according to the will of God because that's what he came to this earth in the form of a man. Amen. Hung on a cross, shed his blood, rose again. Amen. Ascended into heaven, sent back his spirit. It's because he wants you to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Anything that pertains to salvation, amen, you can ask for it and just believe that God's going to do it for you. He wants to do it for you because it's His will. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What about healing? Oh yeah, we read in the Bible, amen, by whose stripes we are healed. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So I can ask for salvation, and he's going to do it because that's according to his will. I can ask for healing. I can ask for deliverance. I can ask for my needs. All of these things are, are, are revealed to us in the word of God that it's the Father's desire, it's the Father's will, it's the Father's pleasure to give us these things. Amen. You're working, 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 struggling, 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 and they are goes greater than the income. And you're not wasting your money. That's not the problem. But the economy's in a terrible condition. And you're struggling along. Are you listening to me? Amen. God help me. I'm going to tell you something. God can give you a different job. God can give you a raise. God can give you a big contract. Now to him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. God's concerned. He feeds the sparrows. Of what much greater value are you than sparrows? Even the hair of your heads are numbered. Not one hair of your head falls to the ground. But what our Heavenly Father takes note of it. He knows you've got bills that need to be paid. Go ahead and ask Him to help you. To be wasting your money, ask God to uh, help you do a better job of stewardship. If you haven't been tithing, ask God to forgive you and get busy trying to catch up on the tithe. He's merciful. He'll help you. Amen. But you got to get the condemnation out of the way. Woo! I feel good in the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. Now let's end on this note right here. Stand with me. Luke chapter 11. Verse 9. Jesus said, I said to you, Ask. Everybody shout ask. And it shall be given unto you. Seeking you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh. Everybody shout asketh. Everyone that asks receives. And he that seeketh findeth. And he that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread. Somebody say ask. Of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or may ask a fish, will he or fish give him a serpent? No, no. Father's not going to give his son a rock to chew on when he's hungry and ask him for bread. He's not going to give him a serpent that's going to bite him and, and kill him when he asks for a fish to eat. No. Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion that will sting him and put him in excruciating pain? No. A father won't even do that. If you then, being evil... 
And that's a comparative term. Amen. There's none righteous, no, not one. He's the only one that's righteous. But if you then been evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Amen. Somebody shout, how much more? Oh, I like, I like, I like scripture terminology when it pertains to faith. Exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. If you ask God, amen, for something, how much more? Not only will he do it, but how much more will he do it? Shall your heavenly Father give what? The Holy Spirit to them that ask him. If you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost tonight, God wants you to have it. If you'll ask for it, he'll give it to you. How much more? How much more? How much more? Will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? I've been preaching to you tonight, amen, with everything I can on the subject, the power of asking. Praise God. I've preached this several places. I preached it in my home church several years ago. And that night God moved in a powerful way. Many miracles were performed in that service. I preached this in the Philippines in a conference several years ago. Amen. Those people got a hold of it. That night we saw multiple, multiple miracles take place. Amen. One man was brain damaged. He, he was working on a construction site. He fell quite a distance, landed on his head on the concrete. Amen. Just absolutely destroyed his brain. He was like a small child. He was very, very retarded. He couldn't even comprehend what was going on around him. Amen. He was in his 20s. And that night, God healed his brain and he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There was about an 11-year-old girl that had never run or played in her life. She had a large hole in her heart. But you see over there, amen, they don't, uh, the state don't pay for children to, uh, uh, to get those kind of surgeries. And, and there's no uh, foundation set up. Everybody, is, most people are very, very poor. And so you just hang on until you die. And there she was wishing she could run with the other children and play with the other children. But they would have to help her. Amen. She was so weak from this heart condition. They had to kind of have help her along, almost half carried her and, and just couldn't go very far at all. And that night God healed her and before the conference was over she's done something she'd never done before. She's outside running and playing games with the children. I was at a, another conference there just this year in the month of February. There she is now, a young lady, about 17 or 18 years old, beautiful young lady. Amen. Got a full life ahead of her because of the miracle that God did for her. Another child, I don't know what the condition was, but it was she was very, very small, probably a 12, 13-year-old girl, and she was stiff as a board and very, very small. Just bones, just a skeleton was with with uh, with the skin stretched over it. She couldn't even speak properly. Amen. But God touched her, and she began to limber up before the conference was over. She was beginning to try to walk, and later she did. Now in the heavens, the big city of Bethlehem, by all who can ask or think. So many people received a miracle and a healing that night that they assigned somebody to write it down. And they would, they told people, you go and tell them what church you go to, who your pastor is, what the condition was, and what God heals you of. And they filled up several pages. 
name and all that information on every line, several pages of it. Hey, God's no respecter of countries. Somebody said, wait, 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 you know, that's on the mission field. That can happen on the mission field. Hey, it's all a mission field. Amen. What I'm telling you tonight, I've seen people get a hold of this. I was preaching one time, a bunch of people need the Holy Ghost, and I really, really, really emphasize about asking for the Holy Ghost. They got to asking, and a whole bunch of them got the Holy Ghost. I don't know how many, many got the Holy Ghost. It's a biblical principle. There is power in asking. There's people here tonight you need to be asking God to deliver you from some things that you're bound by. There's power in asking. There's some of you that's got some physical needs in your body. You need to ask God to heal that need. Amen. Heal that sickness, that disease. Whatever it might be, ask him to do it tonight. There's people here that need the Holy Ghost. Won't you ask for the Holy Ghost? I'm tired of people saying, you know, God knows I need the Holy Ghost. And when God gets ready, he's going to give me the Holy Ghost. No, God has been ready ever since he shed his blood. Amen. He's waiting for you to decide you want it bad enough to ask for it. How much more, how much more shall he give his Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So if you got problems maybe in your marriage with your children, why don't you ask God to help you tonight? Is God able? Is God able? Is God willing? Oh, yes, he is. Hebrews 11, chapter, a great chapter of faith, listing the heroes of faith. And then we try to define faith like Hebrews 11, verse number 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith obtained a good report. And, uh, man, I can't tell you how many times I preached on faith. And I used Hebrews 11 1 for my text. And I got into substance. And I got into things hoped for. And I got into evidence. And I got into things not seen. And the longer I went, I think the more confused people were. You ever tried to? You ever tried to help people understand what faith is by Hebrews 11 and 1? Skip Hebrews 11 and 1. And come back and get it later. And go to verse 6. And that puts it in terms that somebody as simple as I am can understand. If I can understand, everybody here can understand it. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You can get a hold of that, can't you? I said you can get a hold of that. Amen. So just, just, just take that sentence and cut it in half. And let's look at it like a mathematical equation. This plus this equals your miracle. A plus B equals Holy Ghost. A plus B equals healing. A plus B equals whatever your need is being met. What's A? God is able. Everybody say God is able. Amen. That's the faith equation. A, God is able. B, God is willing. Everybody shout God is willing. 
Oh, God. 